craft beer industry in America has a diversity issue. Did you know that of the roughly 8,500 breweries, that about 88% of them are white-owned? And about 1% are black-owned? Craft beer in America has been traditionally dominated in both drinkers and brewers by white people. But that doesn't mean that's how it should stay. Craft beer is now starting to reflect the cultures that brew them, but in still shockingly small amounts. I'd love to see the beer culture of America reflecting the people and cultures that make up the country. We need to celebrate and recognize those breaking into the brewing world who aren't a part of the 88% who will bring with them new perspectives on beer and brewing. I'm Andy Erickson, and on this episode of the Thirsty to Explore podcast, I'm talking with Rich Bloomfield and Zach Day from Funky Town Brewing out of Chicago, Illinois, a black-owned startup brewery about inclusion in the brewing industry, opening a brick-and-mortar location, music, and bringing brewing and craft beer to new audiences. Thank you guys for joining me on the podcast today. I have Funky Town Brewing or Brewery. Uh, Why don't you guys uh, give me a little introduction of who you are and uh, what you do for the brewery. Cool. I'm Rich Bloomfield, co-founder and CEO. Uh, I focus more on like the marketing and communications aspect. Uh, Zach Day, uh, director of brewing operations, um, sort of man behind the recipe. Can you give me, I know you guys are very new. Uh, can you give me a little history of the brewery and maybe what you guys are uh, headed? Yeah, man. So we, we just launched in October of 2021 with a pilot project, a brewery incubator like one of the only true incubators in the country where their goal is to uh, put, put you on the bike with training wheels and eventually take those training wheels off so you can do your own thing. So um, yeah, we launched and our whole thing is trying to introduce more black people, more women to uh, an underserved groups of beer. And we, we do that by focusing on traditional styles, palatable styles, low on bitterness and astringency. So uh, yeah, we launched in October, 2021. Um, as you know, Black black breweries are less than one percent of the industry, so it's definitely just kind of like a a natural spotlight on us. Uh, with that, like we just do a lot of guerrilla marketing, a lot of test uh, tastings, a lot of festivals, and um, try to get out there and meet people, uh, shake hands, kiss babies, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's just kind of our story and us being local. Our story just really resonates with the city, so like we've been able to kind of grow like really quickly and having that pilot project, that incubator infrastructure behind us, just makes it all the better. Can you uh, elaborate on the incubator thing? Some people don't know. For sure, for sure. So incubator is a pilot project. So they audition for tank space, like maybe twice a year when they have tank space freeing up and you go in there with your business plan, your go-to-market strategy, your grit, and uh, you audition for it. If you get in, um, you give them your recipes, work together to scale them up properly. And then once you launch, you have a sales team already. You have a distribution network already. You have a consultation already. You have a PR team already. So yeah, like you have all of this stuff right out the box so that you're able to uh, hit the hit the ground running. Um, we all have our full-time nine to five jobs. So like without the incubator, uh, it, we just wouldn't be in this position. It'd be a much more slow, slow growth, slow burn if we didn't have this infrastructure behind us, like helping us out from day one. And uh, is there a meaning behind the the name Funky Town? Yes, 
<laughs> so yeah i mean everybody understands like funky town like the song like everybody knows the jingle right yeah um, and even with that like it's good vibes like it's just it's just positive vibes but like we were thinking about like how we use the word keep it funky when we grew up which i just meant to like, keep it truthful or keep it real with mm -hmm. me and then just like all the other terms where we saw all the other spaces like the funkadelics you know soul or funk music um uh, uh the isaiah Ryder dunk back when he uh do it between his legs like back in like what 94 or something we called that the uh what was that called funk dunk the He's funk dunk yeah uh locally we were thinking about the brat and jermaine dupree functified back in the day and just like actually the actual meaning of the word is just like you know it's music we're big hip-hop fans soul fans um and it's just like doing something in like a new creative way and then you know town is just like that community and that that culture we want to create in the beer world mm -hmm. we just kind of settled on that we it we had no additional names that, <laughs> that, we, <laughs> that we liked so yeah <laughs> and where did you guys get into like craft beer you know i i always think there's a gateway beer you know you can pinpoint the one where you you had it and you're like i'm into this and do you have one of those that you can think of or where did your love for craft beer come from? Uh, yeah, well, we were, we started drinking beer um, back in like our college days. So those are pretty much the beers that we could only uh, afford. So we're talking about like two elevens, Mickey's, malt liquor, stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then once we graduated, you come back home, uh, you get a decent job. Um, everything kind of opens up a little bit more because you're able to, um, your finances grow a little bit more, right? So you're able to kind of just try out different things. And since we're already still drinking beer, um, we decided it was like, a, all of our beers are different, which kind of got us into it. Um, but we just went and started trying different beers, man, trying different beers based on the labels. Um, and then some of the stuff that stuck, um, you know, it was it was good for us and kind of gave us that, that launch pad to do uh, what we wanted to do with the beer. But to to say which beer kind of led me i know it could be different for rich and i know it's different for greg because greg was a 312 wheat ale i think he was saying um and mine was a little something something by uh lagunitas mm -hmm. so that was kind of the one that kind of kickstarted. i was like oh this 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 tastes pretty good and this is wild <laughs> um than anything that i've ever had before um so as far as like the craft beer space i would say a little something something kind of brought me to that one I can't think of anything specific. I just know that once we started, you know, after we left college and we had a few extra dollars, like, you know, Goose Island was out. Um, what else were we, what else was local revolution, you know, their IPA. And I just, I just noticed like the flavor and just like the branding of these, this craft beer was just like way cooler than what we were drinking prior. I mean, it could, it could even be like Sam Adams, Boston lager yeah. or even like a, or even like a fat tire, like I'd go out to I remember Bar Louis. They always had a fat tire in there. But uh yeah, it was just like it was probably a mix of different beers, but like, yeah, I was just kind of maybe drawn to the that beer culture rather than the high life culture. And what made you want to step over into the brewing then from just drinking? Man, uh we took this trip trip to Thailand in uh, 2017, right? And we just like came home and it was just like, after having like an amazing two weeks, it was just like, all right, now what's next with life? Like it was just like overstimulation. And it was like, how do we get to like enjoy 
something like, like, how do I get out to Thailand and like kick it for a whole month, you know? And it was, like the answer was financial independence. So it was, it was, just, we were probably drinking beer when we were, you know, talking about our sadness. And uh, <laughs> it was just like natural, like, yo, like, yo, let's brew beer. Like we knew that the industry uh, recognized that there was a lack of diversity. We knew that the industry itself wanted to change that. And it was just like, you know, beer is fun. It's not like insurance, you know, we can just be like, we can be creative in our own way, tell our own story. So we just like put our money together, went up to the local brewing girl, which is like a, you know, like a beer supply store, took like some fundamental classes up there and just like started brewing. And the whole goal was to eventually go pro. So like while we were having fun with it, like those brewing sessions were like very focused on like progressing and getting better. And what are the future plans for Funky Town? Immediate plans? Uh, get rid of these full-time jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, we can, so we can fully focus on Funky Town and kind of like stabilize the business. But yeah, our goal is like to have our own unique theme brew pub. You know, we, we got to have our own space where people can come and like feel like the entire vision. You know, we got to have some good food in there. We got to have some, some cool music. Um, it's got to be a place where everybody feels comfortable. Uh, place that's more customer focused rather than just like driving beer sales like just come through kick back have a good time is there a certain area of the chicago land that you want to end up in not entirely i guess we have parameters of what we're looking for um as far as a uh, space is concerned um you know but as far as like targeted of where we want to be uh, at this point we're just gathering information um, to see which spaces kind of work right as far as foot traffic, um, close to uh, public transportation, uh, parking, um, a whole bunch of things to kind of consider as we're looking for um, the space. So as far as um, location, um, not entirely yet. We don't have a spot yet we're looking at specifically. Yeah, we got to be able to afford it too. No Chicago <laughs> So on your your, I was looking at your social stuff and on your Instagram account, you guys say that you're uh, dropping some good beer, messaging that re is representative, and sharing great music and jokes. So we all know what good beer is, but uh, what's the representative message that you're trying to promote? Oh, it's just like inclusivity, man. Like, uh, you know, there's like, since we do a lot of this like guerrilla marketing, like there's a whole like network of black people and women that like beer. They, they just kind of keep it to themselves. You know, like they don't have like a place where they can just like congregate. It's just like make, letting people feel more confident in uh, their love for craft beer and like a space where they don't feel like uh, they got to compete with like the, you know, the established beer nerds or maybe they don't want to talk about hops and stuff all the time. Like Gen, Gen Z drinkers don't like to talk about all those details, but they do appreciate the beer. But they don't want to get into the hop oils and, and the tannins and all that stuff. So it's just, uh, that's, what, that's, what I, that's what we mean when we say representative, just to include everyone except for just like the, the segment that's been dominant. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and why don't you give a little bit of taste what you mean by great music? <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. We, we, me and Zach gonna start arguing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, my favorite rapper is Nas, man. Like I grew up in the, I was a kid in the '90s. You know, I was in the college in the early 2000s, 
I just think about like the mixtape scene and just like B sides, like not just like top forty, just like you know, like when when we're when we're at when we're out, right? Me, Zach, and Greg, like we're usually competing over the aux cord, you know, into who can rock the party. Like in in this one, like if if it's like say it's a bunch of people that don't like hip hop, like we'll step into like our R and B and soul music bag. So um, it's just about like yeah, having fun with the music too, like really like a truly curated soundtrack um I, th- I think maybe i should mention that i've known zach since seventh grade known greg since fourth grade so like there's like a you're, it's kind of like just introducing people to our own lives as well when it mm-hmm. comes to like music and like just how we see the world yeah each each if you look at each of our playlists on spotify you will find some overlapping songs but you will also find songs that you're not going to find on you find songs on my Spotify that you won't find on Richard or you won't find on Greg. So it's like just um, the culmination of like all of our tastes of music, although we might not agree on everything um, as far as who's the best and who's not the best. Uh, but yet and still, it still speaks to who we are individually. And it also still speaks to who we are as a company and who Funky Town is just a culmination of a lot of different um uh creative avenues and things like that to kind of show the people and show um consumers and beer drinkers like okay it's just not about beer um but these dudes is really into music too they're even arguing amongst themselves about music uh and stuff like that so it kind of just gives us a little bit more personality and a little bit more insight to uh who we are as a company and who we are as individuals yeah so uh, kind of my mission statement what i'm doing the uh, the podcast here is if I travel somewhere and I go into a brewery, you know, that's how you get the taste of local culture, right? You know, when you, when you share a drink or share food with, you know, the locals or so when you, talk, you guys are talking about the music, you know, I feel like it fits really into that, you know, uh, Chicago is a very music oriented city and it always, you know, always has been and probably always will be in, in that realm, you know, is, is music going to be just, uh, you know, in your future physical location is music just going to be playing or is it going to be integral in your marketing you know beers named after music or um yeah so you know it's kind of in our our flagship apas that we call it hip hops and iron brew and with that we kind of create like parodies of uh, album covers from from back in the 90s um and i think there's a little bit more we can do with that but like yeah with the brewery music will definitely be playing and then like, yeah, like these these playlist battles, like we might talk about our favorite groups, Outkast versus Mob Deep or something, and just kind of like have like a theme. So when people come in, like, it's just like, wait, what are y'all doing? And you probably catch us in an argument as well. But like, it's <laughs> like pull everybody in so they fully understand that. And um, yeah, potentially even take a request from people. You're like, oh, I haven't heard that in a while. Like we want we to do that. Like where people are like, damn, I haven't heard that in a while. And like this goes even further back because like, you know, like our parents drink beer and, you know, they'll bring some of their friends through who, who are older than us. And we love soul music, too. Like we'll bring out some stuff from the 80s and the 70s, 60s, you know. So, yeah, it's just a, it's about playing a, a large variety of music, but like, yeah, especially specifically curated by the founders. And, you know, most if you I don't know if you're thinking of live music, but, you know, you go to a brewery, it's always the guitars and the you know, singer songwriter stuff maybe some djs but it would be refreshing to have you know uh, the hip-hop or the r&b kind of stuff at a brewery you know that would be that'd be cool to experience yeah I, pilot project 
some yeah you know they play a, a large variety in their their spot but yeah sometimes they're just like playing like sometimes we'll catch them playing like uh some like the original samples that uh we know from popular hip-hop songs but i've never heard the sample like that's so dope to me like it just makes you think you pull out your phone you should try to shazam it over everybody talking uh yeah we i think it is similar to kind of the experience we want to create. Like I, I got a great song. I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, Pharaoh Munch from Madden 2002, like the Madden <laughs> theme. Yeah, like I got that on my computer, like from college days. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I got some, I got some stuff to pull out. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely cool though when you walk in. Like, just to piggyback off what Richard saying um, about Pilot, like when you walk into a spot. Uh, especially for like black brown folks you walk into a spot and a spot that's kind of you know predominantly white folks um you walk into it and all of a sudden you hear mob deep or you hear some stevie wonder or you hear some george clinton or you know you, you hear those songs and you hear those genres of music you you feel more included right you feel more welcomed in that space um because it seems intentional Right. It's like, all right, we're going to play hip hop night to get the hip hop heads or or that particular culture. We're going to go Stevie Wonder versus the world tonight, you know, to kind of get those um, people, my parents ages and stuff like that. Or, or kids who used to clean up on Saturday morning and that's all they had to listen to. So, you know, it 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 gives you a sense of like, hey, um, we belong here. We belong in this space and we're invited, you know, not necessarily like this is here, come on in if you want to, but it's like, no, nah, there's an invitation for you guys to be in this space and be a part of this culture because we want to be a part of y'all's too. So music does, music speaks without even having to speak before you even talk to anybody within a brewery. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, and then what's what's the whole jokes thing here at the end of the year, that sentence I read? That's funny. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, the way we grew up, I mean, like we just straight roast each other uh you know we <laughs> like um so yeah like with that like we haven't been able to fully realize that yet because again like full-time jobs we kind of stay on like the critical path but like yeah like we do our socials we, we we have some goofy stories to tell and just like some fun moments to share and just like some stupid jokes like to share as well and like uh we want to get that out we try to get that out a little bit like in uh the messaging on our cans in the back when we describe the beer like we had a beer called Cuffin' Season. It's Irish red ale. Uh, you know, Cuffin' Season is um, basically late fall through Valentine's Day once it starts getting dark early. And just like even that, how that's written, you know, it's when, you know, you're all sad because it gets dark at 4.17 p.m. and you're eating more chocolatey cookies than you're used to. It's just try to have fun with the way we express ourselves and, uh, you know, just kind of stay true to who we are. Kind of goofy. Yeah. <laughs> as we've talked about you guys are a black owned brewery so what are some differences and difficulties being a black owned brewery in the white dominated industry i think uh i think one of the difficulties is that like no one barely anyone from your own community like <laughs> knows what you're like embarking on <laughs> so like yeah it's just it's just interesting like you have to uh you have to find uh just like allies or just create partnerships with uh, white-owned breweries, and um, you know, since since you have a different perspective, sometimes it might just not be understood fully, or 
you know, it's, it's rare that I come across it, but like some people maybe like don't understand like why diversity is good for the industry. Mm -hmm. It's just not, it's not a concept they've spent time wrapping their heads around it. And I mean, at the end of the day, diversity means more money to the industry. But um, I, yeah, I think I think that's just it. Like we know, if there's no breweries in in our in our neighborhoods, like you know, in the on like the west sides and south sides of Chicago, like you know, there's a ton of malt liquor. You're not gonna find like a nice a nice uh, Doppelbach anywhere near there. <laughs> like. So it's just like, yeah, finding that information, like none of that came from our own community. Like it came from us trying to just going out and exploring. So it can be difficult. Like there's just really no frame of reference for like black people. And then, you know, going to Fresh Fest, it's a great festival. And then there's like 80% of the black breweries across the country out there. It's now called Barrel and Flow. But like, yeah, it's just like a very small industry or very small representation. So sometimes you just don't know where to go for information. Yeah, that's always proven to be like the most difficult part. Uh, we get a lot of we get a lot of help and uh, Rich mentioned allies. We got a lot of allies within the brewing industry, but just just as black breweries and black brewers, um, we're not privy to a lot of information. Again, something Rich said that we don't see it in our neighborhoods. I, my dad didn't grow up brewing beer. My uncle didn't grow up brewing beer. My mom didn't. You know what I mean? So uh, to get in an industry like this where um, there is no there's very few representation, very little representation of you. It's you, you're self-taught, right? So you go to YouTube University and find out things and you go to the local beer shops and, um, you know, try to take these classes. Uh, and it's not something that it's like, again, where you had a family member or somebody up the street who's been um, lifelong avid beer drinker slash maker. So there's no there's no reference point. So it's basically you're going in with a uh, with a blank slate, blank piece of paper, and just trying to figure it out from there. Um, and that becomes one of the most difficult parts. Um, but with the uh, with the allies that we've been able to kind of create and the relationships we've been able to cultivate, um, what we're trying to do is eliminate that for the next ones coming up. Right. So now my nephew or my cousins, my younger cousins, the Rich's younger cousin, Greg's younger cousin, uh, family members can kind of see that this is something that um, is possible for them to do because they grew up around it or they've been exposed to it over um, a certain period of time. And it's not necessarily starting from scratch because you do have a reference point at this point. So, um, yeah, just knowledge and information has probably been one of the biggest, biggest difficulties. Do you find that there are expectations that people have about you guys being a Black-owned brewery? Expectations. Hmm. I don't know necessarily about um, expectations, um, but we, we're, intro I, we're introducing something um, in, in different ways that um, sometimes bucks the trend. Um, so what might not be um, something that you should sell in the summertime or you should cut off at this particular time um, as far as a style of beer, um, that might not always apply to us um, just because of the way that we're marketing it or the way that the message comes out or um, the way that the, actually the beer comes out. Um, so as far as expectations, I can kind of let Rich kind of chime in here and there if he's having any other thoughts. But um, what's normal, what's been normal for the 99 percent 
um, is not necessarily the normal for the 1%, if, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. No, it does. Yeah, we don't want to follow trends like that. We want to do our own thing. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're definitely cognizant of what's going on out there. And as we upgrade, we're going to be looking at, uh, data to make data driven decisions. But at the end of the day, like kind of have to keep, have our own creativity. Um, uh, we focus on making quality beer for the 99%, but we have the ear of the 1%. So like we have to give them their voice and that comes out in the styles that we produce while we haven't brewed an IPA, while we haven't brewed anything above seven. 7.1%. Um, that comes from the feedback from those underserved communities. Um, so talking about community, uh, Chicago in specific, uh, talk a little bit about travel stuff. So where would you guys suggest people hit up if they're coming to Chicago for, for a visit? You know, say they were, you guys got your location, they came to see you. Where would you point people? Um, Maybe not like, you know, the, the big museums, but, you know, something that's Maybe less traveled. Zach, you get started. Uh, Need more time. Uh, yeah, I do too. I was I was thinking of. Um, I mean, you got to get hit up some food spots though. Yeah. Like, Pravare, um, that's what West Town. Yep. Pravare and West Town. So um, Creole inspired Italian food. Mm -hmm. You got to get a Chicago style hot dog. Like yes. truly. Um, I would, I would, I would choose Super Dog, honestly, for the for the best Chicago style hot dog. Um, I mean, I mean, all Chicago food is pretty fattening, but like you gotta get like a gyro, <laughs> uh, yeah, like an Italian beef. Like you gotta just kind of go in on the food spots when you when you come out here. Um, What's the pizza? Um, deep dish pizza. Damn. That's kind of overrated though. Deep dish. I mean, it's for tourists. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, there's this there's this commercial out here. Um, this insurance commercial. Like everybody's like sitting around Chicagoans, like eating like our regular thin crust pan style pizza, cut into squares. And then they're just like, oh look, there's tourists coming. And then they all throw their piece away and pull out the deep dish. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you got you got to hit up the food spots first. Um, when it comes to breweries, you know, like Chicago's got like over 200 breweries. So like there's definitely some cool spots to stop through. Um, District Brew Yards is a good one because they got, it's not like an incubator, but they they have four four different breweries there that you could try out and like really good barbecue. Um, if you're in this, if you come here during the summer, which most likely tourists will, like there's festivals every weekend, multiple art festivals, uh, multiple street fest food festivals, beer and wine festivals. Um, yeah, there's like some themed ones as well, like Rib Fest. Um, yeah, like there's 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 a lot to do in Chicago in the summertime. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint because I don't I don't necessarily do the same thing over again. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm like as a lifelong resident, I'm still exploring and finding new stuff. Yeah. Like, like actually on my in the neighborhood I live in, like there's an Ecuadorian parade mm -hmm. it's just like I'm, i saw it out outside one day and i was just like all right let me step outside and see what's going on and yeah, it's like a lot of ecuadorian food out here you see them waving the flags you just gotta get exposed to like this like smaller culture that's in chicago so really yeah. cool no it is well you're talking about other breweries in chicago uh who are your favorite breweries in the area for sure for sure is was we call we call them the the saison gods um this uh 
straight open fermentation, traditional saisons, like bottle bottle conditioned. Like it's not that it's not just that they collabed with us and that they were the first person to show us a production brewery, but like <laughs> or, <laughs> it's but they're like they stay true to what they do. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, and that 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 kind of inspired us and like just let us know like okay, we'll stay true to what we do as well. Like, you know, when it comes to beer, it's not about like getting rich. If we wanted to get rich, we should have built an app. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we you, you know you can make a good living and you can live on your own terms, but like yeah, it's more about like just staying true. So I would say is was um, Mars Brewing. Um, they're they're big into like just like art and a lot of visuals when it comes to their uh, beer and they release a lot of stuff. They got this uh, Chug Life, this like Miller High Life clone, but it's like it's really good, you know, just like a high quality version of <laughs> High Life. Um, man, there's a lot of good ones out here, like a lot. Uh, Off Color is a good spot. Old Irving. Old Irving Brewery is cool. Yeah, they have they got a they had a great food program, like amazing burgers to pair up with their stuff. Um, so going back to music a little bit. So if you were to pair music with a beer, either your beer or somebody else's beer, what what jumps to mind? So who whoever your favorite artist is right now, if you were sitting there listening to it, who what would you want to be drinking? And who is the artist too? Got it. Got it. Spotify. Well, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like a big ass stout because like I gotta re, like remember and and sing along and recite, you know. Um, I think it's just about having like something that falls in like the six five to six percent range and just like high quality, right? And the artist I would pair a beer with. Hold on, you said new artist. It could be whatever. It could be Stevie. Yeah. It could be <laughs> right. That's tough. I'm low key stuck in the past a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but uh, all right. I will say Red Veil. This is young dude out of uh, uh, PG County, Maryland that I've been listening to. He's a hip hopper, uh, intricate rhyme flow. Uh, sometimes the beats they have like that somewhat of like a muddy sound to it, just like a little less clean. Uh, mm -hmm. Just like something I haven't really heard since like the late two thousands. So I would pair that with our, our flagship, Hip Hop Sonar and Brew, because mm. uh, that, that beer is also intricate. You know, it's like very aromatic on the, on the nose. And the while you're tasting it, you get a lot of like citrus and like uh, strawberry notes. And you could taste those hops, but like it's l very low bitterness, low astringency. Like um, we tried to pull out like all the notes that people like from an IPA, but like tone it back into something a little bit more palatable for everyone so there's some intricacies there so that's my answer <laughs> I, I haven't been asked that before i wasn't prepared yeah. for that one. So, sorry i i like i like to throw some curveballs every once in a while <laughs> yeah that was a good one yeah. um, gave you enough time to come up with an answer zach no no it didn't i mean the first thing I, the first thing that i thought of was um hip-hop's and iron brew volume two um, with, I got actually real specific with Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt album. <laughs> like, I don't know, that just, it, 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 I feel like that's just like the, that, that album's a real cool, mellow, um, you know, first impression, um, type of thing. And I think that that's reflective of the beer, although it's a volume two, um, 
it's a sequel, right? So it's it's something that that's gonna get compared to the first one. Um, and with with reasonable doubt, how it got re-released after '96, and then it came back, and then it kind of got its traction. Then um, there was I feel like there's some symmetry between that. Um, but another artist that I've been listening to that's relatively new is uh, is a rapper out of uh, the Bay Area um, called Simba. His name is Simba. Um, conscious rapper which says a lot of good things on the track. Um, rhyme schemes are pretty amazing. Um, and it's more of a mellow type of tone and not kind of like the turn up music, um, even though he has a couple of those tracks in there. But most of it's kind of like um, thought provoking. Um, so what beer I would pair with that particular artist? Um, let me look. Huh. I guess we'll walk the bam, the Amber Ale. Um, you know, we'll walk the bam. The that actual term is just used for like we use it in Chicago as just like a conversation filler. Um, so um I think that with his conscious raps and kind of the conversation that he has um with his music and with his songs and kind of flow right with that because that beer isn't strong at all. Um, all forward, um, really good and balanced. Um, so I kind of think that's reflective of his music too. That was a really good question. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, so where can people get Funky Town beer? We are in over 500 locations. So if you come to Chicago, there we got our huge retailers that support us, Whole Foods, Jewel Osco, Benny's, 7-Eleven. Um, and Foxtrot. Uh, but like we're over at like over 200 like small local bottle shops. So like, you know, those community spots, like those are the the places that's like our backbone because they they understand the beer as well as anyone. And uh, we've just broken into the Milwaukee market as well. So, um, you know, their grocery chain, uh, Woodman's. Yes. Yeah, we are. We are entering a couple of those places and we still want to uh, figure out exactly how we want to attack the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area because like they're like natural rivals for some reason. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go too far into it, but uh, yeah, we got to make sure that we uh, kind of support their community and their nonprofit organizations the same way we do here. So we're also in Milwaukee, but you can find us everywhere. If you catch a game, Cubs game, you catch a Sox game, we're in both of those stadiums. You catch a Blackhawks or a Bulls game. We're also there. So there's a lot of places you can catch us and soon we'll have an e-commerce option. So everyone can get it unless you have, you know, one of those states that's just strict. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned nonprofits. Do you guys work with a lot of nonprofits? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the best way for us to really integrate ourselves with the community and like show like the causes that we care about or, or even more like uh, kind of be that turnstile so that uh, people who want to be involved with certain things and don't know how to, They'll, they'll see that information also through like our social media channels. So yeah, we, uh, we got a couple of events coming up actually. Um, we have a huge one with the, the Simple Good. They focus on social and emotional learning through like an art-based residency program for kids. Um, they have this huge fundraiser uh, called the Hunt for Good. It's like a scavenger hunt around the city. And um, we'll be promoting that with them. But we uh, collaborated on the after party and we will be at the Sears Tower you know, I know it's called the Willis Tower. I just, I just don't say that. But they, <laughs> but they have a yeah, 
they have an outdoor patio, which a lot of people don't know, including us. Yep. But an out, outdoor patio on the fourth floor. Uh, ticket sales are going to open. Are just opened. Um, tickets are fifty bucks. Uh, you'll be able to get a uh, five tickets for drink and food samples. There'll be a DJ there. Uh, it'll be live art, and like all the proceeds go towards the kids. Like, um, so yeah, that's dope. Um, that's most of the questions I got. I don't know if there's anything I missed that you want to make sure people know about or before we, man, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the grind is real. Uh, once you step into this entrepreneurship, like you kind of understand what you're getting into, but until you're really into it, like you don't understand like how much work it is and like how, how much sleep there is and like how you, you're in your bed in the middle of the night and it's like five o'clock and you're just like, I should just get up and start working now <laughs> because like, you know, you're balancing time, splitting time between your full-time job and, and like your passion, which will be your full-time job. But um, no, it's encouraging though. Like the uh, feedback that we get from the community, like the support and the well wishes just like, is that fuel to like keep going because like people truly care about it. I didn't expect that. Like we, we have our brand, we have our message, but then you talk to people and, you hear their stories and how they've been following you and how the message resonates and it just kind of pushes you forward. I was, um, I was talking to a gentleman um, at one of our events that we uh, help with, with grown folk stories. Um, now grown folk stories is, is run by the silver room, but it's an opportunity. It's a spot where adults tell stories, right? So whether they're sad, sad stories, funny stories, whatever kind of story that they want to tell, they have an opportunity to do that. And um, we've had the opportunity to pour up beer and pour up tastings at those events ever since we kind of launched. Um, but one gentleman I was having a conversation with at the last one, um, you know, just having just having a regular talk with him and saying, he was like, hey, what's your guys' plans? Um, you know, you guys open up a brick and mortar and then saying like, yeah, that's the plan, that's the plan, that's what we want to do. Um, you know, it's, it's something about pushing all your chips to the middle of the table. Um, you know, that that's kind of a little bit nervous, a little bit nervous. And even in that vulnerability with that customer, he said, don't even worry about that, man. We are your net. We will catch you. So as long as you still do what you guys got to do and you still pump out with the right message and know that this is for us um, and for the world, don't even worry about that, man. We, we, we got you. We'll rock with you. We'll catch y'all. And that's just, just to piggyback off of what Rich was saying, it's like, as an entrepreneur, um, especially on the startup phase, you keep your head down. You keep your head down. You just keep grinding it out, grinding it out, grinding it out. And every so often you get a chance to just get your head up above water and just take a look at what you've kind of done. Um, and all of us are humble guys. So it's not like we look at it and like, oh, look, what we've done look what we've done. We always see it as more work to do. Um, but even in that, when you have a customer um, or someone who follows a brand, um, you know, come up to you and just, tell you that like, Hey, we got you. And this is, might be the first time that I've ever met you. Um, it, it means a lot. That's kind of like the extra fuel, kind of like that extra push. It's like, all right, we are doing, we're doing, we know what we're doing, right. But these are the things that kind of um, have to be put in front of your face a little bit in order to see like, all right, the real impact, not only in just community as a whole, um, but it's in individuals too. So we're impacting individuals um so yeah little side story no that's fantastic um yeah well thank you guys for 
for coming on the podcast with me and uh it was a great time thank you man thanks for having us the thirsty to explore podcast is part of brewerism.com where you can go to search a database of over 11,000 breweries worldwide to help you find your next brewery destination with information submitted by users who have visited before you and help you plan your trip. I'd like to again thank Rich Bloomfield and Zach Day from Funky Town for talking with me. Thirsty to Explore is hosted, written, and produced by me, Andy Erickson. If you have any questions, please email me at podcast at thirstytoexplore.com or visit thirstytoexplore.com. For more information about the podcast and links to our social media accounts as well as links to Brewerism. Until the next episode, please remember to travel frequently, drink responsibly, and love generously. Thank you for spending time with me.